welcome back everybody to another episode of the clutch talk podcast slash youtube slash we do it all as always i'm your host john very happy to be here my boy jay his arena six how you doing my brother oh, great been saying we've been waiting for this time and now it's finally here we're finally in the opening week at nba jay i'm loving it i'm loving it. i'm loving the action i'm loving the parody uh, of the league i'm i'm feeling the vibes i'm feeling and and honestly jay you know that i watch all sports too so this is the best time to be a sports fan because we got the baseball playoffs which I, i've been watching this year i've been following baseball for for the first time in years and then um we got the nfl season and then we got the nba season obviously starting tip off nba tip off week jay so i'm loving it i'm in i'm in dreamland right now oh jay i i, I know you in dreamland because all the sports and everything but there's a specific reason why you in dreamland jay because on the 18th opening night was your golden state warriors ring ceremony jay so before we even before we even get into the whole episode jay as a warriors man just you know talk to us about how that felt what were some you know emotions you know i'm saying seeing your your favorite player your guy curry over there getting his getting his fourth ring man that's big so talk talk to us about what that meant for you real quick jay yeah that was that was that was amazing i feel like the you could see it on the guys faces how much this meant to them um this this I feel like out of the four titles that I've seen in my lifetime, I feel like this was the biggest one for the organization in terms of what they've been through. And then, you know, coming back to all that. And, and I thought, you know, the way it was all set up, number one, the jackets they're wearing, the like Golden State anniversary, those are clean. I feel like every ring night for whatever team, they're always got the clean jacket. So I love those. And then the emotions, just you could see it on their faces. The guys, um, you know, especially the core four, uh, they they just just felt something felt different, Jay. And then one thing that was kind of off that you could tell it was a little it was a little awkward still with, with Draymond and everything. I could even feel like a, a few boos when they announced them. It was like cheers, but like jeers. So that that part <laughs> of it was weird, um, but. But other than that, no, it was it was an amazing night, man. You, those are the type of nights you, you dream of as a fan, right? Because although you're not out there playing, right, that's just, you know, you, all those nights of staying up, especially on my end. I'm staying up at 10, 8, 10 p.m. I'm go, going to bed at 1, watching their games, like every game almost last season. So, and, and for the past, you know, whatever years that I've been out here. So, um, yeah, it, it pays off, I guess, Jay. So, I loved it, man. Pays off, Jay. I'm happy you you, you loved it, my brother. It definitely um, for all them late nights, because for, for everybody that know, don't know, Jay Hill is over there in Canada and they're in East Coast time. So my boy got to stay up late, late to watch his Warriors. But that's what a true fan does, man. So congratulations to you, my brother. But um, like how you said, we are in the real swing of things. Uh, first episode with the you know real season, you know, being on, being started um, last season. We know we did a lot of, you know, segments and all that. Uh, we got a lot more of that coming, you know, for this season. So let's just jump, you know, straight into it. We got uh, three really fun segments, and then we got the game recaps at the end. So Jay, I'm gonna kick it off with, the, with our first segment for this episode, and that's, you know, rate your worry. Uh, classic segment we have here. Rate your worry one to ten. I have a couple of statements here for you, and uh, you just give me your, you know, your your worry scale of one to ten. Is that cool with you, my brother? Yeah. Sure. Let's get into it, Jay. Let's get into it. So. First, um, first statement, uh, you know, the Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron, Russell Westbrook, AD, starting off 0-2. Uh, 
Uh, Jay, I noticed early season. I noticed a lot of things I know still got to happen. A lot of seasons still got to go on. But Jay, talk to me. What's your worry on the Lakers with this 0-2 getting off to a slow start? What's your worry scale in here? I'm a 10 right there with the Lakers. I think it's not it's not a matter of the way they're losing. Um, it's it's more a matter of how they're losing. And it's not, it's what I mentioned before the season, Jay, and that's their shooting. These guys cannot shoot. The players that they surrounded, and I said it day one we were doing the Western Conference previews, my concern with this roster. Um, and I'll even say this, you know, for all the flack that Russell Westbrook gets um, about his performance, I thought opening night he didn't have a terrible game. But, Jay, I, I don't think he had a terrible game. You, you look at what he did, he, I thought he was picking his spots for the most part pretty well. Yes, he settled for a few threes, but I think in those situations when you almost have to take those shots when the defense, similar to like a guy like Draymond. So I will say that about Westbrook and his performance on opening night. I didn't think that was that bad. But yeah, I just, uh, this roster, uh, this roster is is not constructed to win. You know, they got no disrespect to, to JTA. They got him out here taking three three five three to five threes a game like that there's no way playing significant minutes he's a he's a nice you know third string second string option but he's playing significant backup minutes for the lakers that's not ideal and he's taking a lot of threes to add to it um they got you know lonnie walker who's not a never been a great three-point shooter um they got all these guys that aren't used to being in these positions surrounded Anthony Davis, who's looked solid to start the two games. LeBron, who's looked terrific at 38. Looks like the dude's aging backwards. And then Westbrook. Westbrook. Um, I'm not going to be disrespectful calling him Westbrook, but, I mean, dude's he had an awful performance in game two. Uh, but I, I also think it, it's one of those situations where it's just toxic for all parties, Jay. Power parties involved, you know, he's taking shots and Lakers fans are, you know, gasping or, or making noise when he's shooting. Um, you know, it's just no one. I, I really think I, I'm almost to the point where I'm feeling bad for the dude. Like, I, I don't think anyone can do their job in a situation and an environment that's toxic. So I don't know why when they had the deal on the line, when they could have potentially given up those two picks for Buddy Heald before the season gotten these guys that extra continuity to just uh to get into training camp you know miles turner buddy healed i don't know why they didn't do it man so i'm 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 extremely worried about this they got a tough schedule coming up um who knows they could they could start the season well below 500 and that's just at the at the way jay uh, this is the last thing at the way that lebron's playing right now um and ad to start the season if he's gonna stay healthy which he almost dude almost got injured last night that was scary but uh i'm just worried i'm worried right now jay how, how are you uh, how are you feeling what are you at what, what are you at in the scale that's the main that's the main thing man. I'm, I'm i'm definitely not a 10 because i i, I definitely understand you know some of the some of the worries uh, that that you talked about with the shooting and the and the roster mm -hmm. construction and i'm gonna get in i'm gonna really dig in on the lakers 
later later when we get into the the game recaps because I'm going to talk about that Lakers uh, the, the the Lakers games. Uh, but I'm I'm definitely not a ten because you know it is super very very early in the season. I know uh, get a lot of got to get a lot of continuity going go out of the season. I know LeBron is like known and famously known for like you know always rallying rallying his troops and and getting it going at the um, at the right time. But I definitely because of like how you said I, I like what you said. It's not that they've lost. It's how they've lost. Uh, that's that's what's been a concern for me. Um, I told like. I'll talk and I'll talk about it a little more when we get to the game recap, but I just don't understand why Russell Westbrook is taking any threes ever. Like I'm, I'm open or not, you know what I'm saying? To, to me, in my opinion, you're open for a reason. And it's like Shaq wasn't out here taking threes. And, and I, I just don't know why it's just not so clear to him, but, um, but you know, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to go off on the Lakers too much right now. I'll save that for later in the episode. Um, but for my, my worry scale, I would, I would throw it at about, um, I'll throw it at about like a like a six. I'll I'll, I'll give it at about a six. You know, definitely uh, more uh, more than average. But I need. Uh, but I'm not I'm not I'm not freaking out yet. So I'm got about a six with the sure. Lakers. But um, but all right, Jay. Let's, let's let's keep it moving and let's get to the next statement here. Uh, we saw Darius Garland go down with an eye injury. Uh, he missed missed practice uh, on Thursday. Uh, we're, we're recording today on Friday, uh, October 21st. So he missed practice yesterday. Uh, Darius Garland, big part of that Cavs team. Jay, what's your worry scale on that? Yeah, I would say uh, like seven, you know, seven, eight. Like you said, it's it's early on the season. He's a big part of what they do, no doubt, though. You know, the catalyst of that offense, he's setting things up. He's getting, you know, Mobley, uh, pick and roll partner with Jared Allen, you know, Donovan Mitchell. And the main reason they brought him in or brought in Donovan Mitchell, that is, as to take that pressure off Darius Garland and the, the ball handling duties. And if he's not there, you know, that's, that's a big issue. And especially early on in the season, like you mentioned for the Lakers point, building that continuity, building that chemistry early on in the se- season, being in those late game situations, those two point games, the three point games, late game situations um, when you're maybe down and you have to battle back and having you know a full rocker roster, having your starting five, your core guys in those situations is is big and necessary. So that's concerning, but also um, hoping that it's it's nothing too big in, in an eye of an eye injury, and that he can get back soon. So that's why I'm at a seven, but definitely concerned. So that's why I'm I'm high on that number. But how, how about you, Jay? I like that, Jay. I'm 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 gonna tag along right there, Richie. Definitely a seven. He's a as a leader, as a catalyst of that team. May, he may not necessarily be the best player of that team because um, maybe that might go to Donovan Mitchell. But as a leader, as a catalyst, as the guard, I think you know he has to be there to build that uh, that early continuity. Um, so uh, yeah, just hoping he doesn't miss too much time. But uh, yeah, I yeah, I like that 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 seven uh, worry scale right there, Jay. So let's keep it pushing. Let's get to the next statement, my brother, and that is. The 76ers, similar to the Lakers, started off with an 0-2 start, except the Lakers are, you know, in rebuilding mode. And, and I guess in the save, the 76ers got Joel Embiid, James Harden, P.J. Tucker, and they're supposed to be coming this year, Jay. Getting off to a late, I mean, like a, like a late start. Yeah, like a, they're struggling. 0-2. Um, Jay, talk to me. What's your worry scale on this one? 1-10. I'm I'm not as high as I, I was on the Lakers. And I and I will say for this, for for that, I'm gonna kind of rebuttal to that statement, Jay. I don't think the Lakers in a, are in a rebuild at all. But they're I mean, not in the have, 76ers mode though. 76ers are like went now with Joel James. 
You know what I'm saying? That's the problem with the Lakers front office. The the they should be all in on win now because LeBron's 38, looking like he's prime LeBron, right? So that's where the issue comes in for that's Lakers a whole front office. Issue with the Lakers, office. right? Right, but we'll, we'll get into that right now. But um, for the, for the 76ers, I, I will say it's a little bit concerning. But my concern stems from a guy who I've called out many times before, and that's jo- Joel Embiid. Um, in the first two games. I would say more so last night, the dude looked disinterested, out of shape. And I'll, I'll, honestly, like he didn't even want to be out there. Um, that's that's really concerning. But James Harden, on the other hand, is looking like Prime's James Harden. So I'm liking what I'm seeing from him in the first two games. He looks all that offseason talk about him losing weight, him and being almost the greatest shape of his career looks to be true because he's certainly playing like that and, you know, playing in a way that you really want out of your number one option. And he's been the, from the first two games, he's been the most consistent, best number one option to this point, but night to night, you don't want that to be the case. I think you want there to be Joel Embiid and you want there to be that conversation of who is the number one option. Is it Joel Embiid? Is it James Harden? And right now it's clearly James Harden for, for Philadelphia's sake. You don't want that to be the case. And also when I look at them offensively, you know, Doc Rivers had preached before the season that Jay, he wants them to play more of an up-tempo. He wants them to pick up the pace and that necessarily doesn't mean, you know, Uh, them constantly pushing the ball in transition but a lot of the times they fall into that isolation stagnant you know one-on-one I'm good one mono mono thing and that's you know not gonna get it done we saw late in the game they had to go back to that because they're falling so they're you know Milwaukee was beating them down I'm talking about last night's game as we're recording here on Friday of the 21st last night's game against Milwaukee they came back in the game because of Harden you know went on that mini run but I don't think they can win with that stagnant slow slow it down offense where Joel Embiid's playing at the high post and you know waiting till there's five to eight seconds on the clock and playing that way Harden doing his own thing that's so hard to replicate in the playoffs Jay and seeing that early on is concerning that's why I say I'm about I said eight earlier. I'm about a uh, six. I would say. Got you. Got you. Uh, above cautious. How are you feeling about it? I'm. 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 I'm actually a little higher than you, Jay. I'm. I'm actually. I think like an eight would be perfect. And I. And I think you know, it's uh, really what you talked about. Um, Doc Rivers talked about how he would. He want. They want to have a fast tempo. That's first two games I noticed from them. They were extremely slow. The entire offense looked like it came from. Um, James Harden only, like like I agree, Joel Embiid looked extremely uh, out of shape, looked looked disinter- disinterested, and what the 76ers are going for, at least m- maybe I have the wrong expectation for them, and I'm expecting them to be a top team in the East. Like I, when we did the Eastern Conference prediction, I had them top three in the East, and as far as as far as seedings, and should be a, should be a title contender with the roster on paper. But if jo- Joel Embiid is not your primary scorer, if he's not the guy getting it done. I'm, the James Harden at this age just isn't doing it. Yes, he looks like prime James Harden, but it's not prime James Harden. The team is not built around James Harden. It's built around Joel. So uh, my, that's why my wor- my worry is so high because the team is built around Joel and Joel just not showing up, right? Like the, the team is built around you, bro, and you just didn't come, right, to the first two games. I think that's a big issue. Uh, and also just, you know, the the, the slow tempo because that, that team definitely got to uh, – has to push the pace after Doc um, – 
Docs came out and said that, man. So 76ers, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they'll turn around, Jay. I'm hoping, I'm hoping this is a year for Joel to, you know, brush off all them haters and brush off the whole Ben Simmons saga. But uh, <laughs> all That's right, Jay. So then so I'm, I'm just going to get into the last statement here for the rate you're worried. And that is um, the Pelicans. Uh, they beat the Nets when they played on Wednesday. The Pelicans out-rebounded the Nets 61 to 30 on the glass. Uh, the Nets look extremely slim uh, at that big position with Nicholas Claxton and Ben Simmons really running as their bigs. Um, in this East, in this dominant, like how you say, Jay, the beast in the East, in this crazy Eastern Conference, uh, does it worry you and rate your worry for the Nets when they have to play against players like Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, these huge guys, and they just had a hard time against the Pelicans, who really necessarily isn't no, that big, um, and I don't know how Nicholas Claxton and Ben Simmons will hold up against those other bigs. So how do you feel about that when it comes to later down the road, Jay? Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to say, um, you know, after one game for them. And, and I, I'm really interested to see as we, as we record tonight, um, you know, how they do against the Toronto, who has, you know, the, the classic 6-7, you know, what is it, 6-8 build, you know, starting five, whatever, minus Fred Van Lee. So I'm interested to see how they do. But it is a little concerning, but I, I'll put it at a five because, you know, at the same time, those teams have to match up with Brooklyn and their strengths. So if Brooklyn plays to their strengths, um, they, they're going to have a matchup, a matchup advantage compared to the other teams. And that, that is with their guard play, you know, their versatility on the offensive end, and they just have to be able to exploit the other teams in that way. Um, so, so that's what really it's going to come down to. Um, as they as they scale the Eastern Conference and they come to, again up against these teams who have these dominant big men, whether it be on the in the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference, they have to learn to use their strengths to play their strengths, and that will only come with time, right? You know, early in the season, it's building that continuity. But I will say that's an awful loss to, to come out opening night. You know, you're you're supposed to be a team who's you know, a, a contender in the Eastern Conference and to have that performance. But as I, as I was saying before the season has started, what was the talk about? And that was their coaching, Steve Nash. It, you, you have to play to your game plan. You have to play to your strengths. And, and the coach has a lot, of to do with, a lot to do with that in terms of putting in you those positions to succeed, to s- implement your game plan and know how to attack uh, your opponent right and that's why i said you know steve steve nash is on the hot seat if they if they continue to lose if they have another performance like that or two who knows he could be gone so just keep your eye out on that jay but I, how are you feeling about this i'd say i'm a five right now man jay oh, man i'm I, we're, we're just flipping opposites jay because i'm i'm like a nine jay like i'm really high. i'm high because i'm just i'm, I'm watching them, them play and they don't have an answer for yes, I, I do agree. It is the first game. You know, maybe let's relax a little bit, but they don't have an answer for Pelicans bigs. Like I'm talking about Zion Williams. Zion's not no little boy, but you know, Zion is just every single time. And, and I'm not, I'm also going to talk about this game for my game recap. So so I'll talk a little bit about that. But Zion is just bullying the Nets. Jonas Valentunas is bullying. They they have no answer. They really have have no answer. Ben Simmons ends up fouling out. And in my opinion, it's partly 90% because Zion just kept taking it to him. And you know, you know what it is, Jay, as hoopers, we know if you found somebody, 
because you can't you can't guard him. You found somebody they go into hoops because you can't guard him. If that's it, man. So I, I just worry because man, the Pelicans are nothing compared to a Giannis Antetokounmpo, a motivated, a Joel Embiid, hungry in the playoffs, ready to go after an eighty-two game season. So man, I, I mean that I, I'm very high of a worry scale, but early in the season. So like the same thing I said for the Lakers and all the teams, you know, they got time to turn around, you know, long game, long yeah. season, you know, make some changes, but all right, Jay. All right, Jay. That's solid little, solid little Rachel worry section, man. I, I hope all the family out there enjoyed that little section. If you uh, let us know in the comments down below, uh, if, you know, if me and Jay are tripping for some, if we should be more worried, less worried, what are you most worried about out of all of those? Um, but let's keep, let's go ahead and keep it pushing to get to the next segment, my brother. And uh, I wanted to do this segment because, you know, it's real early in the season. Uh, I like to do this um, very early. So I want to, Jay, I want to talk about the teams in both the East and the West that have serious, like, I mean, serious title contending shots. Like, and and, and I'm not going to throw in a shot, Jay, but like the Heat are not a real, t- real title contenders. Like, I'm not trying to be rude to no Miami fans out there. Sorry to my boy JJ from the, from the Miami Heat podcast, man, but um they're, they're not, I mean, we know, let's just be real. They're not real contenders. So I'm talking about real contenders. Like I'm talking about, you know, the Bucks, you know, Warriors and teams like that. Um, so Jay, I don't know if you want to, you want to run off the, uh, the West first and then you, and your West teams that you legitimately have and your East teams. And then I'll go, I'll, I'll just follow after you. Uh, let me know, let me know what you got, my brother. Is it, is it, uh, you mean in order or just no, no particular just, order? Yeah, n- no particular order. Just, you know, who are serious contenders in the West, like can actually really get there. Yeah. I, I would say it's easy for me. The first, first team, you know, Golden State Warriors, uh, I, you know, I have them coming out of the West. They're a legitimate, you know, threat. I thought they looked great on opening night uh, and they weren't even playing at their best, but just, you know, dissected, dominated the Lakers on opening night. Um, and then number two, I think it's the Denver Nuggets. They got off to an awful start uh, losing to the Utah Jazz, a team who, you know, we, we all think who's supposed to be uh, supposed going to be, Vic. you know, tanking, right? Going for Vic, right? That's that's what the story has been. So that's an awful loss. But, you know, it's going to take some time for them to build that continuity tonight. And I'm expecting actually tonight, I'm really looking forward to that matchup versus versus the Warriors. Um, I think that's going to be a great game. They're going to be looking to bounce back um, at the Chase Center tonight. So we'll be uh, definitely recapping that in the next episode. But uh, number three, I think it's the Clippers. We saw the, how much flat depth they flashed last night. Man, I, I just felt feel like at every position, they go two, three deep, right? Um, Zubax, I know you always give him that hate, Jay, but he he looked amazing last night. Um, just a glass cleaner, doing everything that they need him to do, honestly, because they got skill one through four, right? You know, all those guys can create their shot, own shot. All those guys can score. All Zubak needs to do is protect the rim, rebound, and and sco- score bunnies, and that's exactly what he did last night. So um, he looked great, and I just think you know Ty Lu under very underrated coach. I, those three are a tier above any other team in the West uh, for me. Those are my top contenders in the West, Jay. But how you who you got? Okay, Jay. I like I like all those teams, Jay. And I got all those teams just like you for literally the same reasons. Uh, so now I didn't even need to run that back. The only team I want to add, Jay, I just still have not gave up hope on the Suns. You know, I'm not saying that I'm hoping for them to win, but I just still have not gave up hope that they can get to the they can get to the finals. 
Uh, I don't feel like the, every final, the final run that they made, I don't think it was like, wow, this is such a fluke and all the, the first one might've been, you know, the first one might've been, but um, you know, them, I think them getting back was, uh, was big, uh, big, big question mark. I'd, I'll, I'll say this, I'll say this definitely nuggets, warriors and Clippers are, you know, up there. We know that for a fact, I just personally am not ready to do away with the Suns. I'm not saying they're on the Nuggets level. They're not on the Warriors level. They're on the Clippers level. But I do think that out of the, all the other West teams, they, you know, they, they, they got a shot. I, I definitely think they got a shot in my mind. So I would add all those teams that you, all the teams that you got, just add the Suns for the, for the West. Uh, but how about the East, sure. either, brother? The East, the East is a little different, but I would say these three teams, the Boston Celtics, I think are right there, right back in the mix. I loved what I saw from them, their their first game opening night against the 76ers. Didn't really look like they've missed a step against with Joe Masula. Uh, as I said before on our pre- predictions, on our, our preview of the Eastern Conference, he was in the locker room. He was in those team meetings with Ime Adoko. He was getting those game plans together for all their run, for when they turn their season around. He was in the locker room, so he's carrying that with him. I love what I saw from Boston. I love what I saw from Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown in that first game. And I love the addition of, of Malcolm Brogdon and how he changed the dynamic of that team, his playmaking, his creation, and it showed up in big ways. And it took a lot of pressure off Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum in that game. Um, So Boston's right up there again. I'll go with uh, Philadelphia. I'll say for now, it's, it's still early. They're going to be, have a chance to to figure it out. Uh, I'm going to throw them in there. James Harden at the rate he's playing. You know, J- Joel Embiid, if he shows he's interested in playing playing ball again, they'll be right there in the conversation. It's going to be a lot of continuity that they're going to have to work out. And then obviously the Bucks. you know, they're, they're right in there again. We know what they do, led by Giannis, how hard they play. Missing Chris Middleton last night, still were able to get the job done in a close game. Um, and, and we'll get into that a little bit earlier because I know later, excuse me, because I know both of what you're talking about. And then number four, I'm going to throw them in there still. And that's and that's the Brooklyn Nets with with James, with James, uh, excuse me, not with James Harden, <laughs> with Kyrie and KD. I'm going to give them a chance any day of the week because those two those two players similar to James with uh, similar to LeBron James. And, um, and Anthony Davis, those two, with their talent, they're able to will, will any team, I believe. So I'm going to throw them in the con- contender mix, but right under um, those top three that I had. Got you, Jay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, Jay. The only thing, I, the only team I don't have is is, is the Nets. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely with those. Yeah, I think the Bucks, Celtics, and 76ers are just head over heels, Um above the, the rest but i will say this though because i just kind of thought about this as, as you were talking like 76ers on paper look raw but i mean we need to see it this year right like we've seen the bucks do it we've seen the celtics do it the bucks look good on paper and they've and they've proved it the celtics look good on paper and they've proved it the 76ers look good on paper but they haven't proved it yet so um i while i i will give them you know the nod as like serious title contenders um i, I will give them that but I do want to say, Jay, I, 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 you know, small disclaimer, because I need to see them do it first. I need to see them prove this on a um, on a consistent basis that that you can win, because 
winning on paper and winning winning in real real games is two different things. Huh, my brother? Thanks. Yep. Yes, sir. All right, Jay. All right, Jay. I like that. So then let's go ahead and keep it pushing, Jay, and get to our uh, our third segment here. And that's who's most likely to, you know, early in the season. Another segment I like to do very early in the season. We're going to go through basically all of the um, all of the the, the, the awards that, that they give out. I mean, we know we did our MVP and we're just going to, you know, give a uh, give, you know, who 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 would you feel is most likely to. Um, I mean, I could I could go ahead and kick that off for MVP. I mean, we, we know we did our MVP prediction. Uh, I feel like Luka Doncic is definitely most likely to get MVP this season. Uh, Jay, you want to you want to you want to run off MVP, my brother? Yeah. Well, we both said Luca, right? Yeah. Yeah, it hasn't changed yet. Yeah, it hasn't changed. All right. All right. So I'm gonna run off my next one, brother, and that's def- the defensive player of the year for this year, Jay. I really think it's gonna go to Bam Adebayo. You know, a player or a player like Bam Adebayo, but I think nobody does it better than Bam uh, because after you know Marcus Smart got it last year. Uh, people are going to realize, you know, how hard it is to guard these guards. Like you, you've talked about this all the time, you know, the, the difficulties of staying with these guards in today's league. And for the, you know, before Marcus Smart, um, it was Gary Payton, the only other guard note that, that got it before him. So the only, you know, the bigs kept, kept getting all the love, but I think that now this year, moving forward, people are going to start to show love to players like Bam, who, who can stay with some guards out there, but he can also stay with some bigs down below. That's what I think, you know, the, the, the league is, trending towards uh so i think a player like bam is going to get rewarded deep depot this year what, what you got my brother i'll go with the honest just defensively i think he's he's so engaged and locked in uh i don't think last night it was was his best defensive game um because he he but he still he still finds a way to get it done so i'm gonna say Giannis for now i just love what he does his activity um, with his hands, his ability to to stay with guards, like you said, and then protect the paint at the same time. So I'm gonna go with Giannis and his ability to to change shots. I look back to that. Uh, I'm thinking of last night that DeAnthony Melton when he was sliding through the lane. I believe at the end of the second quarter or the first quarter, and Giannis didn't block the shot, but he changed it. So just enough for DeAnthony Mountain to miss that shot. And it's plays like that that not necessarily don't always necessarily show up on the stat sheet, but sometimes they do in blocks or steals. And Giannis just gets it done year in and year out. And I just I'm, I'm just going to go with him. That's just yeah. a safe bet early in the That's season. Jay. That's the safe went, most likely to honestly. For real, Jay, I almost did that, too, Jay. But then I was like, man, you know, what? let me show some love to my boy, man. But yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised if, if Giannis got it. Uh, but all right, Jay, let's let's keep it pushing and let's get to the sixth man of the year uh, for mine. Jay is, it's, you know, I'm, I'm looking out my balcony right now, Jay. You know what I see? I see a pool and it's a pool party out there, Jay. So for the sixth man of the year, I got to go with Jordan Poole. Uh, very, very impressive. Um, this, this the first game of the season and, you know, his just his uh, his improvement. But I would and for I, I wanted to put him for most improved, but I, I got I ended up putting somebody else for most improved. Uh, because they, I feel like they took a, I feel like they're going to take a bigger jump. And, uh, you know, Jordan Poole is just unfortunately on a super talented roster. So he does end up getting pushed to that six man. But uh, that's what I'm going with. I'm going with a pool party for his six man leader. Yeah, I would start, I think the odds are pretty low. Are they, they, I, he's going to get, he's, he's, I, I have him, Jordan Poole, as my six man of the year. He, there'll be times and opportunities for him to start, but for majority of the season, you know, everyone healthy, he will be coming off the bench. 
because that's just how deep this Warrior team is. And they're going to rely on his scoring um, too and in those bench minutes and those times when he's against the bench and he's just improving steadily. I He came out hot against the Lakers. He cooled down a bit. He didn't have his best offensive you know, output night from a shooting standpoint, but I love how he's able to affect the games. And we saw him throwing dime after dime and getting assists. And last year, I don't know if we, if we could expect that from him, if that would be something that he would be doing and having shifting those games and affecting the game in different ways, you know, getting steals and assists. And this year he did that in the first game of the season. That's already improvement. So uh, yeah, JP, JP three for uh six man of the year. Man, Jay, I most mean, likely to. In the Jay, in, in a way, he he, you just gave made an argument for most improved too. So he he might get two awards, Jay. He might get six man and most. Has that and has that ever been? I wonder if there's. I, I don't know if that's ever been a. I don't been a so. thing, but man, <laughs> it could be, be this crazy. year. It could be first time. <laughs> first Ooh. time for everything, Jay. Yeah. Right. But all right, let's go ahead, keep it pushing, and uh, let's get to uh, the scoring champ. Who do you think would be the scoring champ this year, Jay? Um, who, who you got? You go ahead and run yourself first. Man, I'm gonna go with James Harden. Um, he's had two two great starts this season. He's averaging thirty something right now, um, but I j- just believe he's gonna be in a, a great position, especially the style of offense that he pretty much runs um, and has. I, he's in, gonna be in a good position to score, especially on doubles on Joel kickouts to Harden. I just it's a good chance for him to score and he's at the line all the time that comes into a factor so i think harden has a good chance to win a scoring title this year how about you yeah jay i mean Harden definitely has a great chance but i'm going with kd man i mean we know the score that kd is and also from the nets from that pelicans and nets game that i watched like the nets are very you know very top heavy so when kd Kyrie, and you know, some players go out. Um, they really don't have the greatest options out there. And sometimes they go on scoring droughts and then KD has to come like for the Pelicans game. KD had to come in and just bring them back into this game. Unfortunately, it was a little too late for the Nets. So I think that's going to be a lot this year. KD is just going to have to be just saving them and just score bucket, 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 bucket. So I think he'll end up um, sure. pulling off that scoring title. Uh, but all right, Jay, rookie of the year, my brother, um, I'm going with this one's whack. I never like to go with the number one pick, but Pablo's gonna get shots this year, bro. Me he's too. gonna get a bunch yeah. of shots. Like I like I know it's whack. It's like, oh, what kind of prediction is that? But it's like he's gonna get shots. You know, his team mm-hmm. is built around for him to go. So that's what I'm going rookie year. You, you with me, Marvel? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Pablo. Loved his his opening night. You know, first first opening night since LeBron to score 25 or something. Dude, yeah. he he looked he looked serious. He looked confident. Um, I lo- loved what I saw from Paulo opening night. And, yeah, he's the rookie of the year favorite right now, most likely. So. Facts, Jay. Right there with you. All right, Jay. Uh, second to last award, most improved. Uh, this is this is where I went the other direction. I went with, I went with MPJ. I, went, I think MPJ is going to have a big year this year. Um, I mean, it's gonna, I hope he improves from last year. He didn't play much last year. Didn't do much last year. But I think he's going to have a big year. And, you know, the Nuggets are – I think the Nuggets in general are going to, you know, have a big year. And I think he's going to be a big part of that. And, you know, people are going to start to see like, oh, wow, look at MPJ and kind of like how the love that he was getting around the bubble. Remember the bubble time? Like, I'm pretty sure after the bubble, he got that huge contract extension. And then he got that, you know, that back injury, unfortunately. But I think that you know, he's been working on his game and he's going he's gonna to come back here. He's going to have a big year and um, he's going to win. I think, in my opinion, he's going to get that most improved. Houston, yeah, that's a good good choice. I'm gonna go with Anferny Simons in this. You know, he we saw what he did without Dame last year. 
you know, he was out for the majority season. He was the number one option. Right. And then I believe uh, the last game that they played together where this was the first game where it was truly, you know, Anthony Simons and Dame and, and Anthony Simons really being proven that he's been a top dog for a good portion of the season. And they're similar to a lot of teams working out those early season kinks. Um, we saw them uh, some miscommunications late in that game, but Long story short, I think he's going to have a huge year. He's going to improve a lot. He's going to be in a lot more situations where he has the ball. Um, he's going to be able to put up stats. Uh, he's going to have the ability to improve because, you know, there might be a passing of the torch from Dane to Anthony Simons at some point. We don't know when that's going to be, but uh, he's got a good chance. And he's, I think it's going to be a big year for Anthony Simons this year. It's a big one, Jason. And an Ant-Man. And and Ant Man, I actually have Ant Man. I actually have Dash Ant Man because I I think you know uh, Anthony Edwards could be could be a big one. But yeah, I, I also I love the the, the Anthony Simons one. Jay, um, he probably is a really chance. All right, Jay, that's a good one. Um, next last one, Jay, um, Coach of the Year. Moving off this one, Jay. Uh, I got. I think Ty Lue. Ty Lue's going to pull it off this year. I mean, we know how the great of a coach that he is. And then also with this Clippers team, it's just going to involve a win. Look great. And I think yeah, Ty Lue's going to end up pulling off this coach of the year this year. Ty Lue? Okay. I like I liked Ty Lue there, but I'm going to go to the East. And this, this might be a little too close to home, but that's Nick Nurse. Uh, this is going to be, a, I, I believe they're going to be a top four seed in the East. And you, you look at all these other teams in the East, they really have no, you know, true superstar. Um, if you look at all the other teams in the league, they, you know, might be at the top. If, if, if they fi fi finish where I think they're going to be, and that's the top four seed in the East. And Nick Nurse is a huge reason of, of that, you know, not relying all on one guy, being able to distribute the ball, being able to find different ways to score, uh, to attack you defensively, different defensive schemes to take star players out of their comfort zone. So Nick Nurse has always been a jack of all trades, and I don't expect anything different this season. So I'm going to go Nick Nurse for most likely to win coach of the year this year. Nick Nurse is a great, is a great option. But Jay, look, real quick, before we move on to the game recaps, I'm, I'm going to drop a scenario right here for you real quick. And you just tell me if this is realistic or unrealistic, all right? Yeah. All right, look, so let's say the Celtics have a great year. Like, I'm talking, like, number one seed, like, killing everybody, Jay. Mm -hmm. You know, great year. Does Joe Masula get the coach of the year? Oh, absolutely. He would have absolutely. to, right? He would have yeah. to. That's a great yeah. storyline. <laughs> yeah. No, story yeah. The NBA loves, the media loves a good storyline, Jay. If Joe Masula leads the Boston Celtics to the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, he's winning the coach of the year. No to. doubt about it. He has to. No doubt okay. about it. All right, cool, Jay. I want to make sure I wasn't tripping because I have Ty Luce last Joe Masula because I think he could really do it if the Celtics, um, you know, don't, hmm. don't, don't take their foot off the gas. But all right, Jay. Okay, cool, Jay. So I like that. Also, you know, some early, uh, early who's most likely to. And for the family at home, you know, let us know if you have any different players, you know, who who's most likely to be your MVP, your defensive player of the year, six man scoring tamper and all that, man. But uh, but all right, Jay, let's go ahead and get to these uh, these game recaps. My brother, you ready? 
Yes, sir. All right, Jay, let's get let's get straight into it then, Jalen. Uh, let's start at opening night, you know, um, October 18th. I'll uh, we'll start with um, the first game from that night, which was the, the Celtics versus the 76ers. The Celtics beat the 76ers 126-117. Uh, I mean, at first, I'm not going to lie, when the game first started, before anything started, I was like, man, no Robert Williams out here. Joel Embiid is going to feast. But the Celtics, man, they just they were able to guard Joel Embiid by committee, man. They, you know, they had um, they had Al Horford, uh, Noah Vonley, Blake Griffin, uh, Grant Williams. They had all these players who just co- consistently switching. And, man, like their rotation on defense was beautiful. Like every time Joel Embiid touched the ball, the Celtics would bring quick doubles, uh, whether it was out of the post, whether it was um, in the perimeter, they would double, and their help side rotation was amazing. And they really frustrated um, uh, Joel Embiid. He ended up the game with six turnovers, um, which just you know shows a lot of what, what the Celtics defense were able to do. Uh, one thing, another thing I noticed, Jay, from the 76ers side of things, like they were picking up the Celtics full court because I think that kind of like how you were talking about last season, you, the Celtics lacked that true guard. But you know, earlier you talked about Malcolm Brogdon and how he stepped up to the test. Man, I think he did great, man. Like, I think he was literally what the Celtics needed. Calm the team down. We know if we're if we're getting full court press, we don't need to uh, dribble, dribble, dribble and freak out. Like, let's calm down and let's slowly, you know, get it up court. And I think that that's exactly what he did. Uh, he brought that true calming guard presence to the Celtics. Um, the Celtics were just getting a bunch of a, a bunch of mid, uh, middies, a bunch of mid-range, especially Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum, because Joel Embiid kept hitting that drop coverage. Um and then really, you know, in the, in, the, in the second half, the Celtics just took over, man. I mean, Jason Tatum scored 17 points in that third quarter, and Jalen Brown scored four, uh, 13 points in that fourth. And the 76ers slowed down, and uh, we said it earlier, Jay, they played very slow, and they just relied on James Harden to create offense, and it's just it was no fluidity out there. I'm hoping to see a change from them, but that's what I saw from that game. Um, you, want, you got anything you want to talk about with that game, my brother? No, I mean, you, you said it best – starting with defensively that's what the what i always see from the celtics and what i loved and why i think they're a top contender because how locked in they are defensively with their game plan and a lot to do with that is is the mindset and mentality that idoko built in them last season these young guys bought into the system that that they know they have to defend to win to win and stay in basketball games, especially in the NBA, you have to really buy into the mindset and the mentality that you can't let best like these guys, the Joel Embiid's, LeBron James, the James Hardens, the Kevin Durant's, you can't let those guys just decimate and, and destroy your defense. And, and they that's exactly what they did on uh, on Tuesday night um, and they, how they were able to stay in the game. And then you look at James Harden. Um, you know, he did not only a plus one and plus minus can't always buy into that, but I just thought he looked so calm, so composed. He was picking his spots a lot better offensively. Um, and, and he looked great out, out there. And then, you know, Joel Embiid, well, he did shoot nine for, for, from eight from the field. I felt like his shots weren't coming very naturally. You know, he was, you know, looked a little lethargic at times. He looked a little passive, but that was a lot to do to the, because of the Boston Celtics defense, Jay. And, and he kind of took him out of what his, his spots that he normally gets to on the defense and then throwing those multiple bodies at him wears down on you as as a star as an offensive player you know getting nu- numerous different guys that you don't know how they're going to guard you and then like you said in the second half 
the Celtics just took took control of that game. They really never looked back, and that that was the Tatum and Brown show. Um, that Yin and Yang don't know what you're gonna get if you're the Sixers, and and the and the Sixers had no answer for them in the second half, and that was really the story of the game. Man, Jack, right there with you. 76ers got put out early by the Celtics. I mean, put out in the third by the Celtics, and they can never bounce back. But, um, but all right, Jace, let's get to the next game of that night. Uh, perfect. We got a Lakers specialist, and we got a Warriors specialist, Jay. Uh, the, the ring night. Uh, we like we talked about at the top of the pod. Uh, the Warriors got their ring. Uh, the Warriors beat the Lakers 123 to 109. Um, I'll go ahead and just, I mean, honestly, I'll run off with what there was nothing positive from the Lakers perspective, except LeBron and AD in my perspective. But I'll, I'll just, I'm just, this is where I, this is where I said, I'm going to go off on Lakers, man. I mean, I just, <clears throat> I don't like the lineup. I don't understand the starting lineup of Lonnie Walker, Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. Like LeBron's like his IQ and the type of player that he is and the type of passes that he can make, he needs shooters around him. Why would you? First of all, why, why, why is Westbrook even on his team from the rip? But, but having a player like Patrick Beverly out there who also isn't a, a, a no a shooter, having Lonnie Walker out there who I wouldn't say he's a he's a terrible shooter, not as bad as Russell Westbrook, but still, if you're gonna okay have Lonnie Walker out there, but then if if so, then have other players like you know Matt Ryan like shooters out there, like don't have. Patrick Beverly, Russell Westbrook, and Lonnie Walker, three um, decent or below average shooters out there with LeBron and Anthony Davis. It just doesn't make sense. That's a, that's my first issue I had before tip ball even started, Jay. That was my first issue. Um, also, another thing I, I said at the top of the pod, why in the world is Russell Westbrook still taking threes? Like, I don't understand how this is so clear to him. Like, I, I understand he only took th- three threes, but it's like, look back at like the 2001 playoffs when the Lakers were like dominant. Tell me if you saw Shaq take one three. You know what I'm saying? He just didn't because that's his role. Like, his role is not to do that. I don't understand why Russ Westbrook insists on shooting this. Like, it's crazy to me how this isn't super clear to him. Um, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an avid NBA fan. But, like, man, LeBron, the GM, somebody got to talk to him. Somebody got to talk to him because he keeps taking him. Patrick Beverly, that's my next issue. Jay, he was one from five from the field, and he was one from five from the three. That's too many shots. That's I think that's that's like 13 shots, Jay, for a defensive specialist. That's 13 shots, and he made two, two shots, one 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 two pointer and one three. Uh, it's and they were hard shots. They were hard shots too. Like he takes a lot of um, like all of a sudden like James Harden step backs from the three, and I'm like, what are you doing? And the Lakers were extremely careless with the ball. 21 turnovers. Shot extremely poorly from deep, 10 of 40. It's 25% for people who haven't done the math yet. And uh, just made really poor decisions all night. I mean, this is, this, this is you know, as far as, like, the Lakers, like, where I knew, like, oh, yeah, they, they're, 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 they want to lose this game. If the Lakers are actively trying to get back into this game and they have LeBron and Anthony Davis on the court, then explain to me on why God's green earth, Matt Ryan, who is the first year on this team, is taking pull-up threes. Like, I'm talking, like, bringing the ball down court, pulling up like he's Stephen Curry, pulling up, pulling up like he's Jalen Brunson, pulling up like he's Luka. Like, without even passing the ball to LeBron or AD, every possession, in my opinion, that the Lakers have, the ball needs to go through LeBron or AD if they're on the court. And I just don't understand what what, what was happening from the Lakers side of things. Um, it was it was, it was embarrassment. Um, but, uh, 
but it, but it's the only other thing I want to add, Jay, is man, Jay, I think I was I'm I'm really gonna be right about Wiseman. Wiseman is looking so good, and also Jordan Poole. I mean, unfortunately, I don't have the old tweet, but you could you could back me, Jay. You could you could verify me, Jay. I have an old tweet back yeah. when Jordan Poole got tweeted. I was like, man, Jordan Poole, and I was wrong about Jalen Hands, but I said Jordan Poole. Uh, Nas Reed and Jalen Hands are going to be so nice. And maybe I was a little wrong about Jalen Hands, but Jordan Poole got that one. I said that, I said there was a big sleeper in the draft. Um, so I'm, I, I was right about that one. And hopefully I'll be right about Wiseman too, because he's looking like a, 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 a AD in the making, man. So that's all I saw from the Lakers side of things, Jay. If you want to fill us in from the Warriors side of things, what is all that greatness? Yeah. And, and, and a lot of why I think the Warriors are bound to repeat was shown on, on Tuesday. It wasn't the best game for from from Draymond, but from the top to bottom, uh, it was a, it was a great showing. Um, and and a lot of the, the Lakers struggles were to do with the the Warriors strengths. And number one, it all starts on the defensive end. You look at one through five, or almost you know two through four: Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, and Clay Thompson in that starting lineup, and their switchability. Um, a lot of what the strengths of, of the Lakers is, is the number one strength is the pick and roll of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But what makes it so difficult and why they can't tack this Warriors defense is because Kavon Looney can switch on to Anthony Davis. We saw Kavon Looney's ability to switch on to LeBron, make it difficult for him to char for, for him to drive. I feel, believe he settled for a three on one of those positions, possessions. But then Kevon Kaluni can switch on to Anthony Davis and make it hard, difficult for him to score. And then, of course, Draymond Green can switch on to either two of those. Andrew Wiggins and his ability to, to stay, you know, one of the top five um, two-way wing in the NBA and his ability to stay with LeBron. You know, Clay Thompson, we saw him multiple possessions on LeBron um, and Jamichael Green as well. You know, there was one play where he got absolutely bodied by LeBron, but for the most part, he had an absolutely uh, a great debut for the Warriors. You know, I like with him from what I saw from him, you know, um, knocking down those threes, the auto Porter threes, the wide open threes that they need him to, to hit in this offense. So just top to bottom um, on the defensive end, great showing. And then, like, the, the man you just talked about, James Wiseman, Jay, a lot of his struggles in his rookie year were on the defensive end. His timing was off. He would contest, contest shots with two hands. Um, he wasn't using his length and athleticism to his ability. And that wasn't the case on Tuesday night. Um, one of those plays that sticks out to me was, um, I think it was in the second half when LeBron drove down the lane. And it could have been in the first. I, I actually might. It was in the first first half. LeBron drove down the lane to attack the basket. James Wiseman stopped him, you know, contested with two hands. LeBron didn't end up going for, for the shot. I believe he kicked it out to when, uh, Wendell Gabriel, who drove it in with his right hand, tried to do a little hook shot, a little jump hook over Wiseman. Wiseman um, knocked it out of bounds or, or, or excuse me, he blocked his shot. So that play in particular just shows the growth of this guy. Him now understanding how to use his body, how to use his length to his advantage, staying on the ground and contesting with his, his size rather than, you know, jumping, getting out of position. 
Um, so that was very, very good to see. And then number two from Wiseman, he wasn't trying to do too much. It's like he knew his role. Um, he knew what he needed to do. And, and, and he was just simplifying playing the game the right way, man. And it was just beautiful to see. And that's what these, uh, you know, top teams, top contending teams do. These players all know their roles. They all one through 15, um, know what they're asked to do and their stars in the role. And the Warriors are a perfect example of that, man, Jay. I, I, uh, really, you know, not to, to beat a dead horse, but man, I really loved what I saw for them. And then, the chef was chef and Jay. Um, he, he, he looked great. Um, two time looked great. Wiggins looked great. Um, Clay Thompson looked like he had his balance of rhythm in limited minutes. Um, but it, it was a great showing, man. Everyone, all the, all the additions they made, um, look to be paying off Jay, but, um, you know, remains to be seen. They got a test, like I said, against Denver tonight. Um, we'll see how Denver looks and their bounce back. Um, but Jay on the Lakers side of things, like I, I really have nothing much else to add. I will say though, I do. I did like what I saw from Westbrook in game one, Jay, he was seven from 12 efficient from the field. Um, and then one for three from the three, he did the two shots that you're talking about. He settled for, but for the most part in that game, he was, he was fairly efficient. He was only a minus six actually. If you, you want to look at plus minus compared to the minus 21 for AD and minus 10 for LeBron. So maybe that. But this Lakers team, long story short, they just don't have enough shooting. Um, they were they just cannot shoot, Jay. And 9, 10 for 40. Yeah, no, 25%. 25%. Uh, I know they shot it terribly against the Clippers, too. You just can't compete in an NBA game in this day and age, in this era, if you can't shoot, uh, if you can't shoot threes, if you can't knock down sh- wide open threes. It's not even threes. It's not contested threes. These are threes where you're getting good dribble penetration and they're getting kicked out to you and you're getting a look, good look um, at the at the basket and you just are missing. And sometimes, a lot of times, these are bad misses, Jay. And that's really concerning. And Front office, front office has not, no one but to blame, uh, no one to blame but themselves, Jay. So, all I really got to say about this game, man, game yeah, one, Jay. Game, game two, it's, it's easy. yep, yes, sir, Jay. Game, it was an opening night game, so <clears throat> those are the first two that we had the, the Celtics and 76ers, and then Warriors versus Lakers. Uh, that was on the 18th, and then I'm gonna go over this game real quick on the 19th, Jay. This was the Pelicans versus the Nets, the Pelicans beat the Nets. 130 to 109. Uh, just want to give you know some of my first thoughts on you know Zion being back in his first game in a long time. He looked really good, man. You know, he had a really good motor. Uh, his second jump is insanely quick, actually. It's crazy. He just bounces right off the floor. Um, and Zion, he, he, what I'm really in, uh, impressed and excited about him is that in the NBA, I mean, we know how important pick and rolls are. And Zion, he can do a bit of both, man. He can be the roller or he can be the ball handler in that pick and roll position. Um, I mean, that first half, I, mean, I kind of talked about that a little bit earlier. We just saw Zion go at Ben. Like, <laughs> it was low-key embarrassing to watch Ben Simmons. He was getting, like, either Zion was scoring every single time or Ben Simmons was fouling him. And I'm like I said it earlier, Jay, if you if you keep fouling somebody because you just simply can't stay in front of them, what that mean? You can't guard them. And I, Ben Simmons fouled out late in the third. 
late in the <clears> third. And I think that is a huge part of the reason because Zion was just taking it to him. Ben Simmons had no answer. Um, the Nets, I want to talk a little bit about the Nets. They're just extremely top-heavy, Jay. I said this in the predictions. I know that you and Gary, you know, had them high in the seedings. But I just – I don't know. I just don't believe in this team, Jay. Like, I just genuinely believe that they're going to be the ne- the number nine seed to me because, like, look, Kyrie Irving goes out in the first quarter. You know who comes in to replace Kyrie Irving? Edmund Summer. Like, I'm sorry. This guy is not going to get it done in the league, right? Third quarter, middle of the game, where the game's supposed to be competitive. We're supposed to be going at it. Listen to the Nets lineup. Patty Mills, Edmund Summer, KD, um, Wata Wembeim, that, that, that. You know Wata and Avi, yep, yep. Thank you, Jay, thank you. Yes, him, and Dayron Sharp. Like, I'm sorry, Jay, that's not a competitive lineup. That's not a competitive bench. I'm not saying that, 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 like, their starting lineup isn't competitive. No, their starting lineup is very competitive. But their starting lineup cannot play every single minute, every single night, every single game. It's just not, it's just unrealistic. So, I mean, you throw out a, a bench lineup like that against a Milwaukee, a Milwaukee Bucks bench, man, they're getting scraped, man. You know what I'm saying? So I just, I, I just don't believe in this, in this Nets team. Um, they're, you know, they're small. Uh, Zion won all the 50, 50 balls. Um, the, the Pelicans had 27 second chance points versus the Nets four. And then my last point, Jay, my last point for this game is Ben Simmons. I mean, you know how I feel about him. The family out there know how I feel about him. Just I have a disdain for the guy. Um, just he's just that. That's a whole other reason why I have a disdain. But basically, last night uh, when when they played the Pelicans, he only, he fouled out in the, late in the third quarter with four points. June first, twenty twenty one was the last time this man played a game. Similar to Zion, last time Zion played a game was a long time ago. But Zion comes out, has nearly a double double, and leads his team to victory. Ben Simmons fouls out late in the third quarter and really doesn't do much with with, uh, with four points. Ben Simmons, <laughs> Jay, I know, I know, I maybe, I don't like, I maybe he's come a little bit of disdain as well, but this guy is just not meant to be in the league anymore, dog. Get him yeah. out. Get him out. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, uh, not much to add on that game. Um, I didn't get to, to watch the whole game, uh, honestly, but I will say, though, in, in the Nets and their roster build, they do have two big pieces missing, and that's Joe Harris and, and Seth Curry, who are set to come back. And I'm excited to see Joe Harris actually come back tonight as we record this Friday night, and he'll be making his uh, return against the Toronto Raptors. So I'm looking forward to that matchup here coming up in an, about an hour um, tip-off. And he, he's a big piece, you know, Joe Harris. He, has, he hasn't played in um, close to almost a year, actually, at this point. But, you know, when he comes back, he's going to be a three and D wing. And he's going to add to that to that depth that they certainly need, Jay, to your to your point. And then Seth Curry, we know what he does um, when, when he comes back. So those will be two pieces uh, that they are going to be added, slotted in in that Nets lineup. Yes, sir. Jay. Yes, sir. And w- w- what game you got to recap for us, brother? I'm going to talk about and, and just briefly over the what could be considered the hipster, the hipster's dream, you know, the, the NBA hipster's dream. And that's the uh, Orlando Magic versus the Detroit Pistons, Jay. And the, the Detroit Pistons came away with with the uh, win here, Jay. 113-109 victory for the Pistons, man. And this was the battle of the young stars, Jay, the the number one pick last year, Cade Cunningham versus the number one pick in 2022, Paulo Bancaro that you talked about earlier, the rookie 
of the year favorite. Arguably, um, the same case could have been made for uh, Cade Cunningham last year, who had a great rookie season, probably not to the caliber or the consistency, I would say, of Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes, but it, he was right up there. And he's flashed the potential of having, you know, being a superstar in the future, right, Jay? But I, this was this was a great game to see, man. I really wanted to see what pa- Pablo Bancaro would do. Obviously, it's not the most stout uh, competition in the NBA going up against the Pistons. But we could see early on, um, and this was something that I wanted to see, the DNA and the fabric of these young guys and, and, and their character that they're building. Because you can see in, in the first kind of first three years of a career, kind of the trajectory or, or really what a player will be made of, you know, you, I feel like there's certain attributes and characteristics of a player that will never change. One of them is playing hard and the ability to compete. And early on, I can already see that Cade is ultimate competitor. Dude just wants to win. That's going to only, that's going to take him so far in the NBA and same with Paulo. Um, you know, diving on loose balls, making those 50 play, 50 plays, um, scrapping. Um, I look at Jalen Suggs, he's the same way, you know, he's making those plays. Will he be able to stay healthy? I don't know. Um, Franz Wagner, he, he plays hard. He plays with the motor. Um, Isaiah Stewart, beef stew. He plays with the motor. We saw him late in that game, knock down a huge three to put them up for, um, and ultimately the dagger. Um, that that led the 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 um, the Pistons over the Magic Jay, but I'm I'm uh, really high on this Pistons team. You know, Dwayne Casey instills that those toughness and the, that toughness into his team, makes them play hard defensively, and we we saw that um, night on the opening night, right? Um, the first game of the season for for the. Pistons playing hard, competing on both ends of the floor. Boyan Bogdanovich, um, you know, we, you know, my pick in fantasy, he, lo- he looked great. But but why I love him, Jay, he's he's the shooter that Cade needed. You know, the the shooter that Cade needed. Another reliable kick up kick out option. He's gonna get even more assists this year. So I'm just I'm just loving what I'm seeing from both the Magic too. You know, Jalen Suggs. You were so high on him, Jay, when he came out last year. You were really high, and he showed those flashes. You know, he had 21, um, looked the shot looked a lot better. Uh, staying healthy is going to be the biggest, uh, biggest key for him, and I'm certainly hoping for it because he's he was that late <laughs> round suggestion. It was crazy, Jay. You know, it's crazy about that. I will say how you kind of called that I was gonna. Pick him because you're like I was like man I'm really hope this dude falls to me. <laughs> How did you know I was looking at? I don't it? know Jay. I don't know. I just I just I actually I just, just took that in. This just this just that brother that brother connection. Yeah, man, I facts. just knew it. I don't know. I just knew. You it. were looking at him too. Though? Yeah, I was looking at him too. I was like that. Were you, were you probably gonna take him? I mean, probably if 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 you would if you would have fell to me, I might have taken. Yeah. Him. Late, late round, Jay. I mean, look. I mean, he just puts 21 points late yeah. round. Pickup. That's a great. He, yeah, high upside, right? High upside, absolutely. Stuff. But yeah, Jay, no, I, I, I'm, and, and I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to go see Pit, the Pistons play the Warriors on, because uh, that's like the battle of the established versus the up and coming, kind of young, young dudes in the league. So, uh, but no, that was a great, great game to see those young guns um, duel it out, and Man. the Pistons ultimately coming away with it.
Man, yeah, Jay, I love that. I love that. Love that you. You know, we we showed some love to the, the big time teams. You know, the you know the 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 showcases like the Lakers, the Clippers, Warriors, all these the Celtics, 76ers. and then you show some love to the little teams, Jay. So we we appreciate you for that, my brother. And uh, the Magic, I'm definitely excited for the Magic. They got a lot of young talent, man. I want to see how that's gonna pan out. But but all right, Jay, I, I think I think it's a good place for us to go ahead and, and uh, wrap it up here. Uh, we covered a lot of things. Uh, you have any you have any last things you want to say before we uh. Sign up out of here, Jay, and see Seth Curry's uh, de- debut. Yeah, yeah, Joe Harris, Joe Harris' Joe debut. Harris. But, but yeah, man, um, no, Jay, no, nothing else to add. We'll say like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. Get at us. Get get the sub count out. Follow us on TikTok at Clutch Talk Pod on the Instagram on the Twitter. Um, we're gonna be coming out with more content there. Um, stay up to date with us. We got a big interview coming up w- 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 to be revealed uh, shortly. So stay tuned for that. Um, kind of it, we might be doing some more in-season interviews to uh, go with with our content as well. So stay tuned, man. Stay tuned. Um, keep up with us. Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. Like how Jay said, stay tuned. Make sure you guys uh, get at us on all social media platforms. Uh, click that subscribe button. We're on a road to 200 before 2023. So uh, make sure you click that subscribe button and then go to the other room and tell your mom and then tell your mom to tell her mom and then tell you her mom to tell her cousin and her cousin to tell her grandma. And then everybody <laughs> gonna subscribe, man. <laughs> but anyway, if that is uh if that's it, then we out of here, y'all. Clutch talk out. Peace.